Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 hello and welcome to the situation report today glad to have you joining me my name is jeremy stoliker i am your host and this is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture today we are going to talk probably not surprising to anyone listening about elections we have some very important elections coming up, and I have talked about this very recently. We have had other guests on in the past talking about elections, what has happened, how we can protect the integrity of our elections. And today we have another guest on who spends really his life thinking about elections and working through his organization that we'll discuss here in just a few minutes, uh, working through his organization to not only train those who are conducting our elections locally uh, throughout the various states and nationally, uh, even internationally helping others with their elections, uh, but with the training, also providing overwatch and accountability. And this is so important. We have heard so much in the last couple of years about election fraud. We have been educated, many for the first time, on the fact <laughs> that our elections do not have as much integrity as we would like to believe they do. For many of us, we have heard stories of elections in the past, many, many years in the past. I remember hearing my grandparents and uh, my parents talk about times where it was commonly understood that some fraud had taken place in elections, some national, some local. But by and large, I think most of us believe that our elections are safe, that one vote is counted exactly as it was intended to be counted. We would all accept that there is error. We would all accept that there is some fraud. But until recently, most of us would have said it's not enough to sway elections. We are having a national debate about that very issue right now. So uh, what does this look like? How does it happen? Why does it happen? What can we do to ensure that our elections are safe? As our guest today mentions, this is not about denying elections. It's about being very interested in the cornerstone principle of a democracy like the one that we live in. Uh, not a pure democracy, we understand that, uh, but where it is the citizens that elect those who represent them in our government. Uh, we understand that the cornerstone of that, the basic principle that makes that work, is free and fair elections. How do we get to the place where we can trust the process and we can trust that our elections are both free and fair. My guest today helps us understand that, helps us break that down, and he does it while standing outside of a polling place. I'm so grateful today to welcome on Weston Martinez. Before we jump into that, though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country. Things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect 
our financial future, for our families, for our children? What can we do personally? Uh, One of the things I would recommend is at least considering adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that, and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital, and you can get their free Precious Metals Investor Guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now Crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need <laughs> to take a look at. You can call for details, 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit and there you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation government debt interest rate hikes economic crashes even wars and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios Uh, one of the things i love about lear capital is that they are an american-owned company proud to do business with americans that share conservative values write this number down 800-489-6450 call them today or if you don't want to call you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes check them out you will do yourself a great service by at least investigating lear and what they have to offer today is weston martinez weston is the founder and chairman of the voter fraud bureau of investigation weston thank you so much for joining me today hey you're welcome thanks so much for having me it's uh you know, we really got to bring accountability to our elections. Let's uh, let's start with uh, kind of your story leading up to the uh, Voter Fraud Bureau of Investigation. You have a you've been involved in Texas politics for a long time. You've been involved in elections for a long time. Um, but but let's let's start there. Tell us your story of getting to the place where you founded this and why you founded it. And uh, we'll talk more about what you hope to accomplish. But how did how did you get to this? Yeah, so the technical version is, you know, real estate, oil and gas, telecom guy, got drug into politics uh, in 2005. I had a, um, a Democrat actually bring me a stack of absentee ballots, huh. about 100 of them, and they all had the same uh, return address and the same handwriting, and they all coincidentally wound up being a cemetery on the south side of San Antonio. <laughs> and, oh, wow. I mean, no joke. And I found out as I was going through that that the Democrat county commissioners gave this Democrat consultant charge over the Popper Cemetery that she was using as a return address for voting for voter fraud. Um, We reported Secretary of State reported they they opened up a case. They said this is textbook. They sent me straight to the attorney general's office uh, back then, which is uh, 2000 2010-ish. And so I could not get the local media to cover it. Um, They wanted all kinds of hurdles to be put in front of me. Finally, I had to resort like many, like you yourself. Um, you know, I had to start fighting fire with my own fire. I had to get my own, yeah. bink, own ink in my own bucket. And I actually held a press conference, not on purpose, but it wound up with the timing. It wound up being a press conference uh, in front of the cemetery right on wow. Halloween night. Wow. And uh, so, <laughs> wow. There, so there the legend kind of began. Yeah. Uh, that actually got me to create a bill and author legislation that made voter fraud a felony in Texas. 
uh, that got through the Senate, through the House, even though I was working against the uh, the liberal uh, Republican speaker at the time. And I shouldn't have got anywhere. And it went all the way through the process and then died on the last reading. Well, when that happened, I thought, oh, my God, Republicans have to be doing voter fraud, too. Mm. Fast forward a couple of years. I've been involved in a bunch of different voter fraud things. Project Veritas reached out to me uh, and I worked with them to help get the woman arrested that made national news out of Bear County. And that actually um, that actually made the national news. The cemetery lady was interviewed. And on on their hidden camera, she says, yeah, that guy Weston tried to get me arrested a few years ago, but he couldn't, quote, catch me doing anything illegal. So uh, her minion was caught. And uh, that wound up being uh, the fastest arrest in the history of Texas for Texas for voter fraud. Unbelievable. Um, Voter fraud is something that I think a lot of Americans are now aware of. But as you said, back in 2010, you were dealing with this. But voter fraud in our country kind of has a history. Can you kind of go back as far as you want to and just talk about what this has looked like? This is not a new phenomenon, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, What are some other times, other elections, other incidents of this that we should be aware of understanding? This is not new to, you know, the Trump era politics. This has been going on for a long time. Well, look, we've got people right behind. You know, I'm at one of the hottest voting locations in South Texas in San Antonio the Brook Hall Library, and before, behind me, you can see a line of people. In fact, it's so hot that even Beto O'Rourke was out here this morning wow. with a group of people. Wow. Um, so, you know, but in Texas uh, and other places, voter fraud has been happening for a long time. We have, you know, quote, the Duke of Duval County, the black boxes that we've heard about uh, here in Texas, and a lot of that gave rise to LBJ, who then, of mm. course, went on to do what he did. And so when you see you know, things like that start happening, you start realizing it's nothing short of organized crime. I mean, you can't coordinate multi-county congressional seats or statewide elections unless you've got some kind of kingpin and somebody organizing it. And look, you know, I've had people say, well, are you an election denier? No, I want, I'm an election, I'm an election truther. Right. And let's go, let, let's go back to Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton said that George W. Bush stole the election, right? Sure. You know, at that yep. time. Yep. Uh, she also came back and said that, right, that Trump stole the election. Um, and you've got Democrats on Democrats saying that they stole the election. Yep. I mean, look at look at Abrams and Biden. and that. So, so voter fraud, regretfully, um, has happened. Uh, now that we're on the uh, mechanical side of things, no yeah. longer doing the paper ballots. Yeah, you know now we're it's able to happen at a rate that we've never seen before. Yeah, and that was a question that I was going to follow up with. How has technology changed, even the way voter fraud is is happening? And I think maybe that's why a lot of us are aware of it now, and we haven't been in the past. But um, how has technology contributed to that? So, in in the old the old fashioned way. You would go and either a you'd register falsely or you'd register you'd get a ballot for someone that never votes. You get the mail ballot. You take that when it comes in. You go to their to their uh, yeah. pick it up, get it out of the mailbox, fill it out. Uh, and then as we move past hanging chads, now with the electronic machines, you have the ability just like your computer right there. If I take your letter K on your computer and I and I program it so that every time you hit a K, it types an S, mm. well, then that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we see mechanical defects. We see 
And, and it's ironic that all of these voting machines, they all fall under the category of industrial machines. So they are regulated just like um, uh, weight scales that you go and get barbecue right. out of a barbecue place. And right. We're all hungry right. at lunchtime. Um, <laughs> right. In Texas. If you go, if you, yeah. If you have um, engineering firms that are doing density tests on concrete or on steel, or if you have medical devices that are doing different things, all of those things are regulated. And all those things are calibrated, a big fancy word people have been talking about recently. And those calibrations, I, it'll be for another story, but I've got whistleblower information on how they are actually uh, programming the voting machine so that the weight of the vote is manufactured. And so to go back to brisket, if you put a pound of brisket on there and you and it weighs at 12 ounces instead mm. of 16 ounces, yep. right? Now they're charging you for a pound and you're only leaving with 12, but you don't care. So yeah. um, the electronic addition to this has created a big, big problem. Um, there is ways to hold it accountable, but we've got we've to do a whole bunch to get there. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98 and is now just $39.98 with the promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. You've heard and seen the raw, uncut truth about the brave men and women, patriots that were wrongfully arrested on January 6th by the tyrannical Biden regime and corrupt DOJ. But with your support, Jake Lang and all the January 6ers can find justice. Here is his message. Hello, my name is Jake Lang. I'm a January 6th political prisoner who has been held in solitary confinement for over 21 months by the Biden tyrannical regime. I'm not going to lie to you. The need is great. The corrupt DOJ and wicked FBI have doubled down on hundreds of innocent J6 patriots and pushed for harsh prison sentences of up to 10 years. We are putting together a legal fund that can help out the January Sixers, and we need your support. Please go to j6legal.org right now and give from your heart whatever God tells you to. We need your support. The need is great. The time to donate is now. Thank you, and God bless you. The, you mentioned um, a minute ago that there has to be a kingpin, there has to be a coordinator for, you know, fraud to happen. And when you talk about the calibration of the technological means of, you know, voting these machines, this has been a question I, I, I've asked. I haven't gotten an answer that I understand. <laughs> but but who, who is coordinating it? Who is driving it? Whether it's at a state level, at a national level, who is the kingpin who is that person i mean right now i'm dealing with international folks um on voter fraud 
and uh, identifying different things that we can now that we're trying to track between different continents where we see, you know, a, a contra a cement company in Spain that stands to win $600 million worth of work for a bond package issued in North Texas or in Iowa, they are going to have a vested interest on how that vote carries out. We don't have any national election election laws that's going to go pull somebody out of their house and throw them in prison for interfering with an election in the United States. Um, so the, the, the who is a very big, uh, big opportunity. And when you have the ability to go in there and code and decode and recode information, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, I had, I had a Democrat Obama in a version of Obama in Bear County, San Antonio, Texas, that when I was saying that there was a voter fraud and that I had an election stolen and that there were whistleblowers out there, he actually issued a full uh, press release on his letterhead from the commissioner's office saying he spoke to the whistleblowers and people that won should have lost, but lost should have won. And, um, and you start realizing that, you know, unlike Bigfoot, voter fraud is real. So why doesn't anything happen to these people? I think this has been this has been why election fraud has been kind of thrown into the bucket of conspiracy theory, because a lot of people are screaming about it. Um, you have documentaries made and presented about it. People like yourself spend you know your days talking about this and worrying about this and thinking about it, and yet we see very little happening. Maybe. A person is arrested. Maybe one whistleblower points to some <laughs> relatively low-level individual who gets a yep. slap on the hand, but nothing significant happens. Why isn't anything happening if voter fraud is is this um, prevalent in not only our states but in our nation? Again, I think that when you're on the other side of the curtain, then you're happy the way things are going. You're not you know, you're, you're, you're on the other side and the general public, just the general public, yeah. you know, in, in this situation where the lady that got, we worked with Veritas to get arrested, you know, we calculated that her team impacted several hundred thousand votes in the state of Texas yeah. in, in the old fashioned way, you know, and that's part of the reason why we we're able to get them uh, arrested so quickly with the fastest arrest in the history of Texas. But we found that there was a network, a syndicate, if you will, um, of, 20, 30 people that were involved in that perpetration. And it was not just San Antonio. It was San Antonio, Houston, and the states in the cities along the border here in Texas. Uh, so once you learn the, the recipe, you know, then it's kind of easy to figure out. The lady that ran the cemetery, you probably remember an organization called Acorn, right? Yeah, yeah. They morphed into an organization called TOP, Texas Organizing Project. Wow. The late, the Democrat that was running the uh, cemetery, she is one of the people behind the curtain on related to top and the Castro's, their family is also uh, involved in running the TOP organization from a unofficial capacity. So, you know, when, when we see that Congress has done things in the past, like exempting themselves from insider trading Right. Violations. Sure, sure, sure. You know, you, you, you start putting things together where it's very conclusive. I was in North Texas the other day talking about voter fraud from a mechanical aspect. I have a technical brain and I have a policy brain. And very simply, you know, you probably remember the days when they used to tell you you cannot use a phone on an airplane. Right. Hmm. 
because yep. if you do, it's going to crash the airplane, right? right. It makes simple sense. Right. Well, when you go to the voting location, what do they tell you? Don't pull out your cell phone. You know why? It's the exact same situation. They are afraid you are going to infect or impact their mini network going on, and you're going to crash the plane. Well, I would allege if they're not supposed to be connected to the internet via state statute and all these sure. reasons, what the hell is the problem? Uh, let me just tell you, finish that one little thing, because a lot of people, when I explain this to them, they have the aha moment. So every polling location, like this voting location right here, it probably has, it probably has 10 voting machines in there. Okay. And in San Antonio, somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,000 voting machines and a hundred locations like this with an election judge. If you are a campaign person, you can pay to have a report generated. And even if you're not a campaign person, you can pay to have a report generated every morning at six o'clock in the morning. We call it the daily mast. And it is a Excel spreadsheet that you're sent that shows you everybody that voted yesterday so that you can go to your list and you can deduplicate it and no uh, longer pursue those voters. Yeah, yeah. Makes kind of simple business sense, right? Yeah, right. So, but here's the thing. There's not a single election judge in Bear County that's going to take the thumb drive out of the voting machine and go downtown 12 miles from here and turn in their voting drive so they can extract that, put it in the Excel spreadsheet and merge the data so those emails can go out tomorrow morning. It doesn't happen. There would be lines of election judges in cities across the country mm. to turn in their stuff every single day. Yeah. And the reason why we know that doesn't happen is because these things are connected to the internet and they're dripping the data all day long and it's yep. continually contracting. You know, so I, I had a, I had a reporter tell me, they said, Hey, you're, you're actually not emotional about this and you're not talking about lost or one or yeah. I said, look, I said, I know that we've got problems. Yeah, I said, but it does no good to bring emotion into a technical problem. Yeah, because we have to just get down to the nuts and bolts. So, thank you yeah. for letting me explain that. I think that no. kind of helps you and your viewers. That's good. Do you think that um, um, people who vote are finally starting to understand that this has been a problem and this is something we need to watch out for? Again, before 2020, I think election fraud was something we would go like. Yeah, well, I heard that JFK probably, that was probably fraudulent. <laughs> you know, going back, my grandparents used to have those conversations. Um, I know it's happened, and I've heard of Tammany Hall in some history class. I, I read about that, but but it's not real. It's not now. And now it's real. It's now. Do you think more people are finally understanding that? And if so, is that going to help us change what's happening? Yeah, it, so it is happening. It is helping. And that's why you see, you know, organizations like mine, the guy created the Voter Fraud Bureau of Investigation, um, where we are not only training poll workers, but we're also helping people to understand legislatively what they should do, how they can be part of the solution. You know, um, many states have an elected secretary of state. Texas, we don't. That's something we need to fix. Um, in Texas, I'll give you an example. We have administrative law code. So we have laws that say, these voting machines are supposed to be zeroed out the day that early voting starts. In Bear County, they zero them out five days early. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. So when the machines get transported, are they at zero or are they not at zero? So, um, you know, ending uh, early voting 
you know, we it's okay if we have multiple days to vote, but we should start the train and roll all the way through election day and don't have a break in there anymore um, and make it so that these people don't have an opportunity to take the, you know, take the cards off the table, count the deck and then figure out, okay, you won and you lost. Cause that regretfully is what's happening. I've got a country anyway, I'll tell you more about that later, but yes. Um, talk about uh, specifically what the uh, voter fraud Bureau of investigation does, what your process is and, and, Kind of exactly what you're involved in. You, you just mentioned training and other things, but uh, what does your process look like, and, and how are you kind of sure. holding people accountable? Sure. So the the big part of the process is one, you know, organizing all these different groups that are out there. I mean, look, Catherine Engelbrecht, she contracted me as a consultant, you know, probably in 2010, 2011. Um, you know, Laura Presley, Dr. Laura Presley. You know, uh, you know, I speak her language. You know, Russ Ramslin, um, Seth Keschel. You know, all these different people that have kind of are moving and hovering around what we all know is the, the voter fraud movement. God's blessed me with respect for those people because they know that that I see the technical, but I also see the political. Right. And that's where we have the uh, the ability to go in there and provide the solution. As I had a honeybee get on my uh, AirPod there, that was kind of interesting. Um, I almost had a Marco Rubio event. I feel like I should go pick up some water or something. <laughs> I'm much more conservative than Marco. Yeah. I don't have any water. I just talk naturally. Just speak. <laughs> just speak. I'm not carrying the water for nobody. Yeah. But um, when you see those things happening, uh, we take people, uh, we train them on not only, for example, being a poll watcher. Great. We teach you how to be a poll watcher statutorily. But if I don't teach you how to find voter fraud, what's the yeah. point? Yeah. You know, if I, if I have an election administrator in, in Texas, in all states, the county administrator is supposed to submit their plan for the election to the secretary of state. Why don't we have that published? You know, I will tell you in North Texas, I've got a guy that um, he is, uh, he's in Tarrant County and the election administrator, he made himself the election judge for every precinct voting location in that entire county. Wow. Now he's a Democrat and the county was won by the Republicans. So the law says, whichever party won the county they get to submit their list of election judges and the county commissioners approve it and then accountability the election administrator appoints the alternate judge so in that case he he would appoint the democrat alternates well wait a minute why would you why would you flip the baby out of the out of the bathwater and and have the democrat be in charge of the uh the election judge uh, location uh, spot and then have the Republicans be the alternates when they're the ones that won the county. Those are the kind of things that, you know, when you start opening those up, yep. it lets the general people realize yep. that our elections can have integrity. There is a way to do fair and honest elections. And we've just got to fix a few things here and there um, and get back, get our hands wrapped back around this. I do think that we need to get rid of voting machines um, as a sole, uh, as a sole purpose. Right. And I think we have to go to a hybrid system. And in that hybrid system, uh, you should also be able to leave with a receipt that would allow those people that voted in that voting d- jurisdiction to go take all their receipts, stick them into their own box and get their own calculation. And let's good. really bring you know, let, let's really bring some uh, general accounting principles to the situation. But there, there, there's much more. Uh, and the list keeps on growing because we keep seeing people finding new ways to, hmm. con- to connect to conduct yeah. voter fraud. It's yeah. crazy. 
I, I've got a group of Africans that I'm representing right now on a trade mission and the poorest country in Africa, fantastic, great people. Uh, they just created democracy. They're about eight years old as a country, as a democracy, but wow. have been under dictatorship for like 65 wow. years. Wow. They laughed at me. They laughed at us and they said, oh, our elections are more secure than yours. And I checked it out. <laughs> they vote by marbles. You walk into the town square, there's a dude with a machine gun, there's barrels with each candidate's name. The voter sees a county representative and a federal representative that signs off on their voting card. And then people from each voting, uh, each candidate also signs off on their voting card. And then they sign off on a master book. Wow. They pick up a marble and they drop it inside <laughs> of a bucket. And, the, and everybody sees it, everybody, 24-7, it's right there with a guy with a machine gun, and they have their elections for the entire country counted in like yeah. four hours. Wow. Like, so, you know, we, we have to get a little more, yeah. uh, we have to look to the past maybe, maybe a little more archaic. Uh, I mean, look, they built the pyramids. It's not like they had backhoes and trenchers. Right. So so there are ways that we can uh, go in here and solve problems. And then you can get really super technical on, again, in Texas. There's all these laws, but they're administrative law code. They're not state statute. They're not requ the, the election administrators are not required by law yeah. to follow those things. Yeah. And so thank you for you know showing this out because your viewers, they pay attention. Your viewers, they get involved. And this, this is, you know, the call to action for them is don't give up, get involved and help hold people accountable in the election process. It's awesome. Weston, uh, this is such an important issue and I appreciate you uh, talking about it and the work that you guys are doing. Where can people learn more about you and even those who do want to get involved? And I would imagine you have resources for them where they can learn how to do that. Well, let me tell you what, how you can get involved right now. We did a big press conference. Um, that I'll send you the documents you guys can share. But we're calling right. on sheriffs across the across the country to uh, be willing to deputize election inspectors uh, in every state in the United States. You know, many states, uh, they've designated by their state constitution that the chief law enforcement officer is their county sheriff. Hmm. And they can deputize people constitutionally so they can walk in here and just observe Keep an eye out for any bad guys around or inside. But one other key thing that they can do is that we're hearing rumblings that the uh, federal government is going to try to come into uh, election locations, try to sequester votes and or also try to sequester um, tabulation or hold things up. And, you know, if they go to Harris County, which I suspect they will in Texas, the Houston area, you could take a third of the votes in Texas off the books while the other two thirds are getting quantified. So watch this. So the whole race is being counted. A third is taken off and all these races are decided while this is left in question. Well, if they hold it, you know, 11 days past the, the election and now they get to the point where the, uh, you know, the votes are certified. Yep. I, I it, nothing it's, that can it's, be it's done a simple it. rope up yep. or nothing. So, but if you have a representative, uh, of the chief law enforcement official in there, they can tell the federal government, get the hell out. That's good. And that is a significant uh, way for us to take back our country and return to the constitutional republic that we really are. What's Martinez? And they can, and sorry, sorry uh, voterfbi.org is what you really were asking for there. 
Um, and they can follow me on all social media at Western Martinez. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you're doing and uh, look forward to hearing uh, how it goes. I, I'm, I'm very hopeful and, and some would say Pollyannish a bit, but I'm very hopeful that uh, we're turning a corner on some of this and people are finally aware of what's happening. And um, I guess we'll see. But Weston, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You got it. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know it. they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope, and that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went. I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. I appreciate that conversation with Weston, and I would encourage you go to his website and uh, the website of his organization and, and look at the work that they're doing, but also some of the documentation that they have about what has happened uh, Weston talking about what he believes will happen even as we get into the midterms. Um, this is such important information. Uh, again, this is not about a left or right situation. We we often go, well, that's because you're on the left, you care about that. That's because you're on the right, you care about that. And it's interesting. <laughs> uh, the people in power are the ones who always care about the elections. Um, this is not about that. This is not about even necessarily what you believe. This is about continuing as a nation to have the freedom to believe whatever you want to believe. Uh, this is about the liberties that we have and preserving the right to sovereignly decide how we will live as citizens in this nation. This is such an important issue, such an important topic, one that we have got to get a hold of. And I encourage you, please go and check out the website and look for more information there. Uh, I do appreciate you for watching the show and or listening to this show. Uh, very important that you are here. Without you listening, without you watching, there would be no reason to provide this information. But you're here. If you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do that right now. Subscribe 
on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, that would be fantastic. And then share this content out with others. And we would love to see more join in the conversation. And uh, I know that so many of the conversations we have are conversations that can be had elsewhere that many other people are talking about, particularly on the Salem Podcast Network, where we are. And I'm grateful for that. But I do believe that we reach a different audience, and I would encourage you to help us reach more in that audience, to build that audience, and to get the word out. We need for folks to understand how they can navigate an ever-changing culture. So please go ahead and subscribe, share this content out. Let us know what you think. If you have a question, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Appreciate you watching and or listening. We will talk to you next time. Many of you know that my day job is working for an organization called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. I've had the opportunity to work with the Mighty Oaks Foundation for a little over 10 years now and very grateful for that opportunity. I served in the United States Marine Corps and left in 2003. When I came back from Iraq and got out of the Marine Corps, I transitioned and had some of the same struggles that many of our veterans today have. Uh, That transition time can be very, very difficult. I moved on with the help and support of my family and others in my close-knit community and really, in many ways, tried to walk away from my service. It was too hard, too difficult for me to look back, to remember, to stay connected, and so I chose not to. About 10 years after I walked away, I was reconnected with many of the men that I had served with in Iraq and even before that Iraq deployment and came to understand that so many of the men that I served with did not do well. I came home and I struggled, but I had a family around me and I had a community around me that helped me to get back on my feet and continue moving forward. So many of those that I had served with, however, did not have the same opportunity. They came home and didn't have that family around them, that community that could lift them up. And so they made some decisions, decisions that we talk about often in the veteran community. I was reminded about 10 years after my service that some of the men that I served with in Iraq came home and struggled and decided that it would be best for them to end their lives. Others who had not taken their lives, but who had struggled from one relationship to the next, from one job to another, and had never really gotten back on their feet. I learned after 10 years that walking away from my military service was not really an option. (laughs) You see, we think we can hang our uniform in the closet for the last time and walk away, but our obligation to those that we served with remains. It was at that time that I had the opportunity to get connected to the Mighty Oaks Foundation. It was just getting started. I met our founder, Chad Robichaux, and together we began to work on what is today a national nonprofit serving veterans, active duty service members, and more and more the first responders in our community. That's what we do. You see, Chad served in the Marine Corps as well, and both of us have an understanding, and so many of the folks, many, many folks that work with us now who served in the military and in the first responder community understand that we may get out, we may hang the uniform up, but we still have an obligation to care for those who have served or are serving. That's exactly what we do at the Mighty Oaks Foundation every single day. We run programs across the country for those who have served, veterans, or are serving, active duty service members, those who are serving in their community as first responders, police officers and firefighters, and others in that first responder community. We serve them by helping them to understand that there is life beyond their service, that their identity should be wrapped up in more than a uniform or a job that they've done or are doing, 
that there is a purpose, that there is a plan. In fact, that God, the creator, has something he intends for them. And that if they'll simply align their lives to the life that he has for them, so much of the trauma, so much of the difficulty, so much of their past, so many of those things that have a hold on them, they may not go away, but they won't maintain the hold and the control. Here's the message we try to convey and communicate. There is hope. And there is a community of people found within the Mighty Oaks Foundation that understand where you've been because we've been there. We don't have it all figured out. We're certainly not perfect, but we've taken some steps to move forward and we want to take you with us. That's what we do. How do we do that? Again, by communicating the fact that there is hope, by connecting with others who've been there and know how to move forward and by getting around you and supporting you as you begin to take those very important steps yourself. The Mighty Oaks Foundation is blessed to have supporters across the country that make it possible for us to do the work that we do at no cost to the veteran, the active duty service member, or the first responder. For you to attend our program, you simply need to set aside five days and come to one of our locations, one of our facilities. We'll do the rest. There will be no cost to you for the program, no cost for the transportation to get you to the program. We do all of the planning and all of the logistics. You simply need to get there. We want to remove every obstacle for you to get the help, the encouragement, the strengthening, <laughs> the hope, the renewal that you need. We're thankful for the opportunity to do that. Perhaps you are not a veteran or a service member. You're not in the first responder community, but you care about those who have served and are serving our communities. Well, you may fall into the other category then. Perhaps you're someone that can support what we do financially to make it possible for those folks to come along. Maybe your support is not financial support, but you know someone in your community, in your town, in your church, uh, in a club, or something else that you're a part of that could use this kind of support and encouragement. Plug them in. Let us help them. Let us get them on the road. No cost to them. We want to do the work, but we need you to get them to us. That was a lot of words. If you listen to the show, you know I say a lot of words sometimes. So let me point you to the one place where you can get all your questions answered. MightyOaksPrograms.org is our website. MightyOaksPrograms.org. There you will find more information about what we do as an organization. There's an application for those who would like to apply. Fill that out, application out. Our team will get back to you, set everything else up. If you would like to support the work of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, you'll find a place to do that there as well. And there is also a section for resources. So many of you know people who need help but may not start by coming to a program, attending a program, but they would read a book, they would watch a video, they would listen to a testimony. We have those resources there for you as well. So please come and join us at the Mighty Oaks Foundation's website, mightyoaksprograms.org. Our veterans, active duty members, and first responders need our support. Maybe you're in that category. You need our support. And that begins by going to the Mighty Oaks Programs website, mightyoaksprograms.org. 